Welcome to another edition of Pittsburgh Pop. Tim Benz, Rob Owen with you. It's your weekly slice of pop culture here at Trib Live. You can read Rob weekly with TV Talk and TV Q&A. Read me daily at Breakfast with Benz. Plenty to get to today from the pop culture and television world. And uh, one of the things we should talk about is the market size for Pittsburgh, especially as it relates to local news, Rob. That's one area where this is always a point of conversation. It certainly dictates what people make, whether they want to stay in Pittsburgh or go to a bigger market. And increasingly, we've seen year after year, the market size for Pittsburgh shrink. And now it's down to 28 overall. Um, I think when I got here, it was 23. Uh, what year gone, did you what year did you arrive? 2001. Okay, that's probably right cuz in 1998 when I first came to Pittsburgh it was number 19. The great irony to this is it has just fallen behind Salt Lake City, which was a smaller market that I worked in before I came to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think when I was in Salt Lake, Salt Lake was uh, 35th back in yeah. like 1997. That sounds um, about right. And then I went to Columbus. Where's Columbus I wonder compared to Pittsburgh? Is Columbus still behind Pittsburgh? Down to 33 from 32 last year. Okay. And what about Cincinnati and Cleveland? Where are those two? So Cleveland, Akron. So it's a two-city market, which makes a difference. They are staying uh, steady at 19. Um, Cincinnati is down to, I saw it here a second ago, I think 37. Yeah, 37 down one from 36. So Cleveland Akron is one market, kind of like Dallas Fort Worth is one market, and what is it, mm-hmm. Miami and uh, Fort Lauderdale is one market, that sort of thing. Yeah, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Orlando, Daytona Beach, Melbourne. There are some uh, markets that are multiple cities, but um, yeah, and I mean Pittsburgh, I think, and Greensburg, I'm sure, are considered one market. But yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the question is, what what does this all mean? So we dropped out of the t- top 25 in 2020, about three years ago, and that was when we went to 26, and now this year down to 28. And as you noted, um, it's just that these growing cities are leapfrogging over us. Yes, we lost TV homes. We lost about 10,000 TV homes from 2023 to 2024. Uh, but it's just that Nashville and Salt Lake grew. So Nashville is now 26. Salt Lake is now 27. Um you know, I guess we can take some solace in the fact that we're still ahead of Baltimore. Baltimore dropped one <laughs> from 28 to 29. Uh, I think a lot of these cities are just going through the same thing, you know, like yeah, aging population just, and yep. northern climate. People find it easier now to live in the south and be warmer all the time and still work from home and maybe still maintain whatever job they had in Pittsburgh, but they're living elsewhere now. All of those things are possible. The other piece of it, too, is that even though it's not the greatest thing for Pittsburgh to drop in market rank. And you mentioned, you know, will people who work in TV news now view this more as a stepping stone than a destination? I feel like they were already viewing it that way for the past decade anyway. Um, But as far as like when it comes to advertising buys, you know, once upon a time, 
advertising buying was, okay, we'll buy the top 20 markets, we'll buy the top 25 markets, we'll buy the top 30 markets. But when I talked to folks, when we dropped out of the top 25, they seem to think that now there's so much more data in advertising, and it's such a more um, complex business that people aren't buying anything as simplistic as the top 25. They're buying based on more granular details. So I'm not sure that it's going to impact the advertising that much. I think if anything, the drop to 28 is, you know, just a little bit of ego damage more than anything else. Let's get to some other topics then, Rob, and we'll uh, kind of stay in this same sphere, if you will. And um, we'll get to something that Channel 11 is doing. Let's talk about that as it relates to some more coverage that they've had uh, on the anniversary of the Tree of Life shooting. Yeah, so last week I wrote about a new QED Tree of Life documentary that is premiering Thursday of this week. And Channel 11 has their own uh, Tree of Life uh, documentary, Overcoming Hate, which is going to debut Wednesday at noon, which is a little bit of an odd time. Um, but I guess it's because they're just going to blow out their newscast for that day and, and run the special in its place. And then it'll be available at 8 p.m. Wednesday on WPXI apps and YouTube TV and uh, Apple TV. And then it'll be available on WPXI.com beginning at 9 p.m. Wednesday. And in addition, David Johnson um, is going to report for NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt at some point this week about how the Jewish community is handling the five-year anniversary of that tragic shooting in Squirrel Hill. You know what I saw? Speaking of um, news coverage, and, and this ties into the whole Hamas-Jerusalem-Israel uh, conversation, I saw something. I, I don't know if you followed up on this. Maybe I even saw it in, in one of your pieces, one of your posts, about how for the gains that MSNBC maybe has made in recent years, when it comes to breaking news and when it comes to breaking yeah. international news, how far behind they lag when even compared and not just to Fox, it's not just a party lines thing, but like even right. compared to CNN, um, yes. people are tuning into CNN as much as they used to for breaking news. It's become more fanned out and Fox news has grabbed some, if not a lot of that. Right. But the lag that MSNBC has when it comes to breaking news coverage. And I just, I don't think it's how they do it good or bad. It's just a brand name thing or an identification thing. These people don't seem to go there for it. Right. And I'm not sure. I think that that's always been true to an extent that MSNBC has always been the also ran when it comes to, to breaking news. But I think it's more pronounced now simply because in a lot of time periods, MSNBC it has leapfrogged over CNN. Mm -hmm. And so more people are watching MSNBC in, uh, in some time periods now than they are watching CNN. And yet I think viewers reflexively when it is a big breaking news story are still going back to CNN, not in the yes. numbers they once did, but enough that it is a noticeable difference compared to the average everyday viewership. I think it's because in large part, people who are still watching television like that still remember the white Bronco, you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, and I'm, where only, they I'm only partially it. kidding on when right. I say no, that. No, but... no, I, no, I think you're right. I think it is just an innate sense of, oh my gosh, there's breaking world news. Where do I go? It's CNN. I think that is really, I mean, it's what I do. And there are a lot of people, honest. you know, and there are a lot of people who, for party reasons, won't go to CNN. But that means, OK, I go to Fox. Right. You know, like, right. 
and that's why their numbers are higher than everybody's at this point but yeah exactly but i i will admit last week when um president biden was giving his address and i wanted to watch it where did i go i went to cnn let's since we brought up channel 11 rob get to dr wolf what's this about uh this is going to be on channel 11 on nbc is it not Yes. So, uh, you know, the writer's strike is over. The actor strike is still ongoing. However, we do have some good news that the actors and the companies are resuming negotiations tomorrow, Tuesday, October 24th. In the meantime, networks have started ordering series again, because even though the actors aren't working, the writers are working so they can get to work on scripts so that when the writers are back, they have several scripts built up so that they can go into production quicker. So NBC on Friday ordered Dr. Wolf. They had made a pilot earlier uh, this year, I believe. And what makes this of interest to local folks is that it stars uh, Pittsburgh native Zachary Quinto. And it's based on the work of Oliver Sacks. I think he was the doctor that... um, uh, was the inspiration for the Robin Williams character in Patch Adams. I think I'm right about oh, that. Okay. All right. Um, but this is a neurologist, Oliver Wolf, and his team of interns as they explore uh, the the human mind while also grappling with their own relationships and mental health. So it's inspired by the books, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat and An Anthropologist on Mars. I don't know if this is going to be sort of a house type show with Zachary Quinto sort of as a house type character. I just, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the pilot, so I don't quite know what the tone of it is, Um, but it is a medical drama. Uh, You know, NBC had a medical drama for several years, um, Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it now. It was set in Philadelphia. Anyway, that's been off the air for a bit now. So it makes sense that they would they would try in this genre yet again. I understand this is big news in my household that only murders in the building has been picked up. Yes, only murders has been renewed for a fourth season. They're just coming off their third season, which although I wasn't wild about in the beginning, I really came to like in the end, mostly because of the music. It was sort of behind the scenes of a musical. Meryl Streep was in it. She sang. There were some great songs um, uh, by Pasek and Paul, the guys who did the greatest showman music. And now we have a season four coming up. And, you know, at the end of season three, they sort of let us know who the murder is and what we'll have to investigate. So I don't I don't want to spoil it for you if uh, if you haven't watched it or you're intending to watch it. But it was it was a recurring character from the show who is found dead at the end of season three. So that'll be the focus of season four. I see that Good Morning America is leaving Times Square. Yes, indeed, they are. So uh, Good Morning America has been in Times Square, you know, for, for quite a number of years now, a couple decades, probably. And it was seen at the time that they went to Times Square as a way to sort of compete with the Today Show, which had already started doing their indoor outdoor studio thing at 30 Rock. And uh but GMA is not going to be in Times Square much longer. They're slated to move in 2025 to a new Disney company building in downtown New York, a neighborhood known as Hudson Square. Um, and so it's unclear from the reporting I've seen if there if there will be an outdoor component, like if they're going to be on the ground level uh, or on the second floor looking down and, and still go outside. I'm not sure if that will be the case or not, but uh but it will start to look different on Good Morning America a couple of years from now. Is that where ESPN does its stuff as well? Um, I 
don't know. Uh, I'm not sure that this building is open yet, that they would have oh, been okay. able to All do right. it from there. It's it's a building that's under construction. I assume it has to be near, because this is called Hudson Square, and I know CNN is out of um, Hudson Yards, which is also sort of in lower Manhattan somewhere. So it, it may be that we're just seeing sort of a, a new media cluster in Manhattan spring up. Where the property is cheap, by comparison. Well, Probably, uh, perhaps, right? Perhaps. <laughs> Old warehouses and such that aren't being used anymore. Maybe that's that's what there's got to be a reason, right? I mean, and it's always got to do with cost. Well, that is true. Yes. Uh, all right. And when I say cheap, I'm talking about relative Manhattan, Manhattan terms cheap. Right. Not right. like what can I get in the strip district versus the south side? Something like that. Right. One more I want to get to. Oh, Yellowstone. Yes. So CBS has been airing reruns of Yellowstone that were first on Paramount Network five years ago, and it's done surprisingly well. Uh, The week it premiered, it was like six million viewers. It was the highest rated entertainment show on program on television, broadcast television that week. And uh, they are continuing. They are moving on to season two, you know, Yellowstone on cable a limited number of episodes. So even though they just started this in September, they've already exhausted season one. So uh, the finale of season one aired yesterday, and then the premiere of season two will air this coming Sunday, October 29th. Journey reviews on Killers of the Flower Moon? Um, I've read some reviews about it, and uh, they seem to be fairly positive. It's very long, is what I've heard. Uh, But most of the reviews, I think, have been fairly positive to somewhat mixed. I haven't seen any super negative reviews on it. I was just curious, because that's one I... Had intended to see, and of course, in the middle of football season, my calendar right. tends to evaporate before I have the chance right. to do it. And then next thing I know, hey, it's available on streaming. So maybe right, I'll, exactly. Maybe I'll wait it out. But I was just wondering if you'd heard spectacular, not so good, Oppenheimer, Barbie. Like, how does it fall into that whole mix when it comes to people liking it or not liking it? I haven't heard much. And it made me wonder if I'm not hearing a ton. Is it just not as good as I was anticipating it would be. No, I don't think it's that it's not as good. I think it just doesn't have as broad an audience. Like the number of people going to see it is much smaller than the number of people who went to Oppenheimer and went to Barbie. It it did okay its opening weekend, but for a movie that cost $200 million, it, it, it wasn't a great box office. But remember, it's Apple, so they don't care. They've got more money than God. So, All right, Rob, what do we have in TV talk and TV Q&A this week? TV Talk, uh, The Gilded Age returns for its second season on uh, HBO and Max. And oh my goodness, Pittsburgh is the talk of the town on The Gilded Age this season. So I will explain why that is. And then in TV Q&A, why do news anchors hold tablets but never look at them, Tim? I know why they do it in football, because there's advertising on the back of them. I don't know if that's necessarily the case with... Uh, no, there's no advertising on the back of them. There should be, though. What if you had, like, Permanis on the <laughs> no, back of No, there shouldn't. Ca- there should not be advertising in the bounds of a newscast. <laughs> like, Permanis on the back of it. No. Some, Heinz, something, local brewery. Don't something. give them ideas, Tim. <laughs> I will gladly, on Channel 4, hold a tablet if there's, like, a Permanis and I get some free sandwiches out of it. I will have no problem with that whatsoever. All right, that'll do it for uh, this week's edition of Pittsburgh Pop. We're back with you next week, as always. Tim Benz, Rob Owen here at Trib Live.